The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. All right, I'm going to bring up Madison. Come on up. Let's give her a hand. This is going to be a little exciting. And Jacob over here. Uh, Mike for you. Uh, all right. <laughs> so uh, you guys can pull in closer if you want. The idea of the table is so you don't just feel totally just abandoned up here. Is it helpful? Yeah. Perfect. Okay, so we're going to jump in. So this is going to be a conversation. So first I'm going to read up scripture, and then we're going to talk about this. Um, and... Some of you guys know uh, Madison or in our community group and things. Some of you guys know uh, Jacob. Um, he hasn't been around super long, uh, but he's plugging in, and he's got a great story. And we're just going to dive in. But 1 Corinthians 1, 26 to 31, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. Anybody identify yet? Okay, so these are the qualifications of people that were called by God. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ, who has become for us the wisdom of God that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let no one who uh, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. So that is the the goal of our gift, of our ability, of what we sow and what we serve is to bring God glory. And so I want to start uh, with uh, talking about where you guys came from. Uh, and so if you think, okay, a couple years ago, Madison, okay, where you were when God said, okay, we're gonna make a change, okay, and Jacob, same thing, year year and a half, two years ago, whatever, when you're like, okay, God's making a change in my yeah. life. Kind of where were you? Because the, some people think I'm in a spot or in a place where God would have to do crazy things to be able to use me, and I'm probably not, it's not going to work for me. But you didn't let that hold you back, so you can go first, Madison. Yeah, so um, when I came back to the Lord, um, I was actually on drugs. <laughs> I was, like, on meth. I was not living right. Um, and... You know, God spoke into my life, and I was just like, okay, I know that I'm not, I'm not living the way I need to. I'm not being the parent that I need to. And so um, how do I step out of this? And I really just started listening to what God was telling me. And even in the midst of, like, drug, drug abuse, God was still speaking to me. So, I mean, whatever you're going through, God still wants to use you, and he will use you even in the midst of your addiction um, and... I just remember, like, starting to say things to people, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to church, and they were like, what? Because I was also using drugs at the same time. So it was such a, you know, contradiction of, like, you know, wanting to pursue God, but then also, you know, being in the midst of addiction, and so totally unqualified. Um, when I started coming to the beat, I still wasn't clean. You know, when I started coming to the community group, I, you know, was, like, on the the ledge of, you know, saying no and really stepping into what God was calling me to do. And so, yeah, that's where I was at. Okay. Being, Jacob, being a, what about being you? Being an addict. 
Me, a uh, little bit different. I'm, I just turned 40 and have a 20, he just turned 23-year-old son who is in a mental health hospital. So son was in a mental health hospital. I had just been divorced. I was really bad mentally, uh, physically I was sick, spiritually, um, just kind of broken. And I was crying and just kind of begging God. And um, sometimes we have our expectations of what we think God's going to do or say and he told me I had to learn how to love, and it kind of hurt because I felt like I had been hurt, and the other people needed to learn how to love, and they were the ones hurting me, and God went and told me I had to learn how to love, and it kind of just threw me off, and I argued with him for a minute, but that's all he told me. He didn't really sit there and, like, really explain it, but to tell you the truth, as I look back, I realized that um, if I would not have learned how to love or looked at that aspect, I would have not have understood, like, my situation or my circumstance and couldn't look past the pain because... At some point, I was just so hurt and so broken that um, all I could see was my pain and hurt. And the thing I didn't realize is everything that God had put me through, which I thought was an attack the whole time, was actually my advantage to actually prepare me for where he was bringing me and for what he wanted me to do. So as I came from completely broken to thinking, even questioning, is God real? Like, what are we doing here? Is it just chaos? Is it just supposed to be chaotic? Why are we you know, why did all this happen? The crazy thing is, I had just finished reading my Bible right before my 40th birthday, and then all this stuff happened. I'm thinking as a Christian, all right, we read the Bible, we go to church, and then all this good stuff's going to happen. It's just going to be a walk in the park, and rainbows, and butterflies, and next thing I knew, it's like divorce. Wait, wait, stop. And, don't, yeah. don't tell everybody. It's all right, all right, yeah. Rainbows and butterflies. Rainbows and butterflies. Rainbows quit, and butterflies. <laughs> Put your money in the offering. Yeah. Rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> yeah. So then I was just like, I couldn't really understand it because I finished reading the Bible and I'm like, all right, God, this is going to be a new season. Marriage was rough, but it's going to be all put back together. And it just fell all apart. I mean, it just went from bad to worse and went from hurt to even more hurt and couldn't really figure it out. Didn't see like any purpose in any of it. And then all of a sudden that day, God told me I had to learn how to love. It didn't really help that much. Um, I was crying in my bathroom and begging him. He said I had to learn how to love. Then a couple weeks later, I was crying and doing the same thing, and he told me to start a podcast, and it didn't make sense. I was like, all right, you want everybody just to hear a sad, pathetic person with a broken heart talk on a podcast? Like, I guess we're doing this. So, And the crazy thing is there was a TV show that I liked, and he told me, it's called God Friend of Me, and he told me, go by the domain name. I'm like, well, that's, you know, CBS, and they own, you know, Paramount or somebody owns them. It's like they buy the domain name. It's not going to be available. So to prove God wrong... I decided I'll go check on my phone real quick, and I looked, and it was available for a regular domain price, like $9.99 a year. I'm like, oh, man. So I just got up, and I was like, all right, I guess we're doing a podcast, and then, you know, start doing better because it actually helps me process what I was going through and talking about it and, you know, just trying to figure things out. So the podcast helped me figure that out. Learning how to love helped me figure that out, and then I was still kind of hurt, and he tells me to write a book, and it's like, I kind of felt like it was rude because it's like, tell somebody else or, you know, like, go write a book or something. I'm like, well, God, I'm asking you for help, and you're telling me to write a book. And then he put, like, Romans 12, 2 in my heart, and I didn't even know what that verse was. And I read it, and it's like, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renew renewing of your mind. And it just hit me right then and there. I was like, all right. And I told him, like, God, I'm, you know, I'm learning disabilities. I didn't do that getting to school, barely graduated, and you're telling me to write a book? Like, grammar's not good or anything. He told me he would do it. So I was like... I guess we're taking a step of faith and seeing where this goes. Yes. Yeah, so, so this is what I want you guys to be listening to. 
literally going to community group doing drugs, right? We don't provide them at the group, right? <laughs> B-Y-O-D, okay? We don't do that. But God is working through people. We talk about, you know, before and after. There's always like, typically a salvation thing is like before and after, right? Before Christ, I was like this. After Christ, I was like this. Who's seen those testimonies, right? They're all over online. You can see them on TV. Like before God and then after God. The truth is, in the Christian walk, the truth is, it's before enduring, right? Because we're constantly on a journey of allowing God to change us and to work through us and to, and to mold us and to help shift our mentality and our heart and our emotions. And it's not about getting everything right and perfect before we say, okay, because as you'll hear, and you just heard a little bit in his story, and I want, what I want Madison to share is that the actual process of stepping out and allowing God to work through your life is also what then works in your life to bring change. Okay, so writing a book about renewing your mind helped Jacob renew his mind, right? Because God's like, let's do something, and we're going to work through this. So God uses our obedience to serve and to pour out and to bring our little bit into the party so that it can benefit other people. God uses it to touch our own heart, to touch our own life. So Madison, how have you seen just your, like, diving in, right? I mean, you have a community group in your, in your apartment now, right? And it's huge, gigantic, luxurious apartment, so lots of room, I'm sure. No. But how are you using, how are you working through these things, and how do you see God working through just your effort to serve to impact people in your own life? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think that kind of going back a little bit, it really took me um, truly asking God to forgive me for, for my mistakes um, and then forgive those who had hurt me. Um, and so forgiving my mom, you know, for maybe not having the best childhood or feeling like she was there for me. Um, forgiving my dad for just being an absent parent. And so through forgiveness, I was really able to just step out of, like, break those chains um, and step into what God was calling me to do. And it's not been easy, I will say. Um, when last year, um, in January last year, <laughs> God told me, yeah, I want you to start a community group. And I loved the Bertels community group. I was just like, no, this is my place. What are you talking about? Um, also, at that time, my apartment was a complete wreck. Um, Carrie has recently come over and organized my kitchen, which I love and I'm so thankful for. But um, if she had seen my apartment uh, a year ago, <laughs> um, I saw it. And I was just like, God, no. <laughs> Have you look around? <laughs> um, it was, yeah, my life was still chaotic, even though I had made so much progress and stuff. Um, and so, you know, God still wanted to to help me with those areas of disobedience, you know, where I was like, you know, not being a good steward of my, my apartment, my time, and my energy, and so I'm, I did say yes, and I said, okay, I'll do this in April, and that'll give me four months <laughs> to get ready, and it's, you know, my apartment's still a mess, but, um, but it's livable, you know, I can have people over, and, and it has been such a journey, and it's, um, Feeling unqualified is, I, I have imposter syndrome still, you know, where I'm just like, I don't, God, <laughs> I still question if, if I'm the right person. But, you know, when I was just like, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this. I need a couch. You know, I'm sure a lot of y'all have heard my couch story. Um, yeah, I was just like, how can I do this? And when God provided me a couch for free, through someone who knew pastor art, it was just like God just had his hand on it. And I really needed that. I needed him to be like, no, no, <laughs> I told you to do this. I told you I'll be here for you. I will provide for you, you know, even a couch. So 
God, it's been awesome. <laughs> God gets in. God gets into the actual details of yeah. actually what we're doing. So when you're listening, you're like, okay, well, yeah, that's because God's talking to you. If God talked to me, I would do something. Yeah, that's great when God speaks to you. Okay, first of all, God wants to speak to every single person in this room. Yeah. The Bible says that God is not a respecter of persons, that he shows no partiality. He wants to speak to you. Okay, well, then how come I don't hear it? Well, that's a good question. You know, maybe a little less scrolling, maybe a little less TV watching, maybe a little less whatever. Go for some walks. I know Kyle, um, I think he's working over in the kids right now, but he told me uh, about a year and a half ago, he went out and started walking because God's saying, do you want to come prayer walk? And I'm going to, like, I, I need to hear from God. I need to be able to walk with God. He went out to prayer walk, and the first couple of prayer walks were just totally useless. And he's like, I don't know why I'm doing this. It's exercise, and there's nothing. Like, I get nothing out of this. And he's just walking. And then one day when he's out doing his useless walk, like, God just spoke to him, and he's like, stop. Stop trying. Like, stop being out here trying to just come out and just be with me. And he just started just walking and just being quiet and just being with God. And God started speaking to his heart, started speaking to his mind. How do you know when, and either one of you, it's fine. How do you know when God's um, talking to you and encouraging you, giving you signs to move forward? And it's not just you just being presumptuous and trying to do something. Um, I would say it's usually something you don't want to do, you know. <laughs> it's just something you don't want to do. Yeah. Like, you know, the community group thing. Um, even worship for me, um, I, I, God put it on my heart, and, but it's scary to, you know, stand on a stage and sing to people, and, you know, that's a very vulnerable thing to do, and, yeah, it's, it's a lot of times something you, you, you know God is telling you to do, but you want to drag your feet about it. Did you feel the same? Um, I feel like I felt it when I heard him talk. I feel the Holy Spirit, and it's kind of more of a tug and, like, pushing me and trying to guide me, but when I heard God, it was, I felt in every part of my body. I mean, I felt in every sense and everything. I smelt it, tasted it, everything. I don't even know how to explain it. It was just, he was there and he told me, and they say, it wasn't like a big, loud voice, like, Jacob, this is God. <laughs> like, we're going to go strike, you know, your ex-wife down with, like, hell and brimstone or whatever. I'm like, no, it's just a small little whisper, tiny voice, but I felt it in my whole body like nothing before. I felt it just like in my whole body. And I feel like sometimes we feel them or hear them, but sometimes we have a lot of distractions, so it's just like a little tug on our heart. But like if we actually spend the time to get quiet and really want to listen, not just hear them, but listen, I feel like you'll feel them too, and that's how you know it's God, because you could, you feel it. When I would say that that feeling doesn't go away, God's going to keep pushing you and urging mm -hmm. you to do something. Yeah. I mean, if, it, if he's calling you to do that, you know, it's, that feeling's going to get bigger and bigger. In fact, the Bible says that it's God that works in us, both to will and then to do according to his good pleasure. In other words, it's not even our idea. God starts working and prompting something in us. Hey, let's do something. Hey, let's do something. And we're like, uh, 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 okay. You know, so we got Ray up here playing guitar now and doing an awesome job, right? I mean, Ray really just, you know, came and showed up and said, okay, I'm here. And then just slowly, next thing you know, God's like pushing on his heart to come up and, and do guitar and he's in. I got Cody and Haley over here working with kids now, right? I haven't been here very long, but saying, okay. He's like, I feel God's calling me to do some ministry. I'm like, great, we got kids, we need it. And he's like, how do we do that? We're like, great, go plug in with Brandon and Betty who ran the magical, mysterious, supernatural class that one day that they came to train and all the kids lined up in a row, sat there and read the Bible back and forth with Betty and nobody acted up the whole entire service and they left and they go, this is easy. Yeah. But it's not. God calls us and pulls us out. 
of our comfort zone a little bit. And he draws us up to do something that we're not qualified for because as we read in Corinthians, it says that he does that. It says, so that the one who boasts will boast in the Lord. Only God could do that. Only God can do that. Only God can take, if I used to literally hide in my closet when people came to my house, only God can do this. Okay? Only God can start and and open lives and change people and do these different things. And so when we be obedient and start to walk it out, God starts to move and he starts to operate through us and starts to touch other people. Um, I'm going to read this verse, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. This is 1 Corinthians 12. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just a little bit of it. Just as a body, uh, though one has many parts, but all of its many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. So the one bodiness is something that God does. It makes us all one and to participate uh, together in life. And it says in verse 15, it says, Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Okay, so this is important. If you don't use what God's put in you to be a part of things and to serve and to connect and to make a difference and to add value, it doesn't mean that you're not a part of the body. It just means that you're a part that's not getting used, right? And that hurts not just your own life, but it hurts other people because God could work through you in a way that's, that powerfully touches somebody. And so, uh, you know, Jacob, you're doing podcasts, book writing. You come in and help with some of the video stuff. You've been helping me with some things like that. I mean, that's your heart and your passion. Okay, and you're doing community groups, right? Totally different thing. Okay, so when you've been doing all the stuff that you've been doing, has it been easy? Like, just pretty, everything just clicks and everything's smooth? Like, what kind of obstacles have you faced? What kind of things have you done? How have you seen God opening doors towards what he's called you to do? Well, I think a lot of the obstacles and things that I, challenges I face are more to do with me uh, than really God, because God's opening up the doors, and it's just me having trust and having faith enough to kind of walk through and be like, all right, like, let's take a step of faith. Let's, you know, how do you learn how to trust? I mean, you have to take a little step of faith, faith just like anything. So it's like, all right, God, let's do it. But then he's been meeting me, and every time he meets me, it helps it become easier. But there's definitely challenges. I felt like the biggest challenge, like I said, is just myself, getting over it mentally, you know, thinking, am I good enough? Why is God choosing me? Like, there's so many other people, you know, more qualified than me and, like, that were whole and complete and not broken and not hurt and didn't need help and weren't begging God and then he decided to choose me. So a lot of times the biggest battles in my head, I mean, just every day it's like, all right, God, am I going to take this step of faith or am I going to go back to my old self or am I going to, you know, you know, like something was placed on my heart and it got to the point where the thing he was placing on my heart was more purposeful and I think had um, more value than just like the hurt, the pain, or me wanting to do what I wanted to do. I found more purpose in helping people, and actually that helped me get out of my actually hurt and pain is helping people, so it is a challenge, and I'll tell you the truth. Like, I prayed to God, let me help the people that are hurting. Let me help the people that need help, and then he brings these people, and I'm like, it'd be so much easier if they were, like, perfect people. Like, (laughs) I have to deal with all these challenges, and they have all these problems and all these things going on, and I'm like, and I get frustrated, my flesh starts telling me, like, goes back to myself, it's like, you should just tell them this or that. And then I felt God telling me in my heart, like, that's going to crush them, like, you can't do that. And I'm like, so I struggle with myself a lot, but, um, yeah. So, Madison, so running a community group, you didn't think you'd be doing that a couple years ago? No. Okay, so now you got all these people showing up at your house, yeah. sitting at your feet, right, with bated breath for your wisdom to drip. 
and for your leadership to go out amongst them, right? Yeah. How, <laughs> how smooth and easy is that? Is it still a challenge? Are there some nights on Tuesdays where it's like 6 o'clock and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing this again? I will say it's, it is still a challenge um, because, you know, um, like that is the one thing, you know, that in, in worship and, well, there are multiple things. But that is, that is one thing that I know God is calling me to do. And there's days I don't, I I emotionally, you know, am not, I feel like I'm not present. Like, when I am, like, 6 o'clock and people are about to show up. And it's just so amazing how God changes my heart when people come to my house. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness, I get to serve these people, you know? And because, like, life doesn't slow down. And, and if I didn't have community group, I would probably start slipping back into some old ways, you know? And, um, and so... My community group, you know, Cedar Park Community Group helps me stay accountable and show up, like, in those moments when I know that I need to reach out to God and I need to pray and stuff. Um, and it just helps condition my heart for Tuesday nights, for Sunday mornings. Um, and, and it's not easy, you know. We have all the community groups have sent the toddlers to our house, have sent the kids <laughs> to, so to, much room in your apartment. to my small apartment. And so it is a challenge. And I just do want to say thank you to everyone who comes to community group because you guys are amazing. And y'all have, yeah, worked through the, the, uh, the Arias and Carters. <laughs> um, and it is great. Oh my goodness. Like I wouldn't have it in any other way. Like, you know, like send them to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We can deal with it. <laughs> uh, there's a QR code you can scan to get her address. <laughs> Send them all to no, her house. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, so it's Send not them to easy. Me. Let but, the children come to Madison. But also, like, you know, life's messy. And I feel like, you know, um, the fact that people are still showing up to just dive in into what, you know, God's um, putting on our hearts that week um, in the midst of, you know, like a, a small and chaotic apartment. It's just amazing. And, will show up and get filled, and I get filled, and yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. We um, are, you know, on church on Sunday morning, you know, you would think most of the time that I just love to be here, and sometimes I don't want to be here. Um, that happens sometimes. Yeah. Not today. <laughs> today, this is the only place I ever wanted to be. But it, it does happen. And so sometimes we look at other people, and we see what God's doing in their life, and we think like, well, they have it so much better so much easier or yeah they always are on they always have excitement or they always have enthusiasm or they just have some special thing going on and it's really just not true uh, there's times where Madison might have people coming up to her door and she's like taking a couple deep breaths and thinking okay 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 I can do this I just got off work I got a bunch of stuff going on I'm a single mom but you know what we're doing this and then let God come there's times where Jacob might be getting ready to go on a podcast and I've done some with him and it's getting ready to get started and it's like I don't even know what we're gonna talk about I don't know what to do we're just gonna trust God and just make the jump you know, and there's times coming in on a Sunday morning where, you know, I'm thinking, man, I'd just like to sit somebody else's church this week. And God's like, well, that's not an option right now, so you better get in there. And it's, but it's putting ourselves, so don't look at other people and go, well, if, if I ever get to that level of confidence, of comfort, of joy, of like, whatever, they got a great shirt on, like whatever they got going on, they look better, act better, and seem better than me. If I ever get to that level, that's when I could actually add some value. You know, you can add value right now. Jesus started using his disciples right when he called them. They were doing things. Now, what they did changed as they matured and grew, but they started doing stuff right away, as simple as going and finding a lunch. If they didn't go find the lunch from the little boy and steal his lunch, the other 5,000 wouldn't have gotten fed. 
But they're willing to do the little thing that God gave them. And if we're willing to do the little thing that God gives us, God starts opening doors and growing and increasing things. Do you think you would have done everything that God gave you to do uh, so far? And I think you're on your third book and your 10th podcast or whatever you got going on. If God from the very beginning just said, okay, all this stuff has to be done. Or did he have to kind of like just pull you in and build your confidence and build your, build your faith? Definitely pulling me in and building my faith. I feel like it's like Joseph a little bit. He showed me the, all my brothers bowing down to me. Not really, but I'm just saying like kind of like that scene. Everybody's bowing down. And you're like, yeah, let's do it, God. And then all of a sudden you get thrown in a pit and end up in prison and have to go through all these, you know, different trials and tribulations for like 20-some years. Then he ended up, you know, second command of Pharaoh. But not saying that's where I'm going, but it felt like I was like, all right, God. And I was sad. You know, he just showed me one thing. First was love. Like, if I didn't learn how to love, I would not have been able to do anything. I mean, I actually learned how to love from the wrong people in the wrong way. So, and I didn't really even know what love was. What my definition of love was, was, yeah, probably pretty messed up, yeah. But it's, you know, even, like, didn't know what self-love was or loving somebody else or anything like that. So, for me, it was just, like, little steps. And I feel like he also wasn't calling me to be something sometimes I used to think all right those called people like just God's just you know they call and then all of a sudden they change and they wake up in the morning and they're just like but I feel like the things he was calling me to do were the things that like the gifts I had inside of me it wasn't like something completely different that he was asking me to do he wanted me to use the gift that was already inside of me the things I like doing like media and marketing and you know uh, podcasts and writing and stuff like that even though I never wrote a book I love writing so he's just putting these things inside of me and those he was showing me like look this is what I want you to do and doing that makes it easier because if I look at like everything sometimes I'll get like a little revelation and just see and I'm like I like can't breathe like God I like you got the wrong person like I'm not the person for this and then if he just shows like we're just doing a podcast I'm like oh all right well we're good we could do a podcast or just to do it just to do it in glimpses Madison what's been the biggest challenge for for growing for you um I think that first step is always probably pretty hard. Um, you know, for me, like, the first thing God called me to do was um, children's ministry, and it was at a previous church. And um, and I was just like, okay, <laughs> I can't even get to church on time, but okay, I'm going to teach Sunday school. And, um, and the way that, you know, so it was a struggle because I was not there on time, and they gave me a lot of grace. And I, and I mean, even here, I'm, you know, I'm, Guys, I have a timing issue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, you know, just working through, like, God's calling me to do something. I'm still not perfect. You know, even if I am late, he's going to show me grace. Even if I mess up, he's going to show me grace. And um, and he did. And, you know, through um, being able to, you know, teach little kids Bible verses, I was just, like, being reminded, even in those small moments of, God's goodness, you know, teaching a Bible verse to a kid, and I was just like, oh, yeah, man, this verse relates to me in my life, and um, and after that, God was just like, yeah, worship, you know, I want you to do worship, and then, um, so it was just these steps of obedience, and then God started, you know, adding more to my plate, um, but it takes that first step, and, you know, God has way more planned for you um, than probably the first, you know, act of service that you do for him. He has so much more planned, but it does take you, you know, it's like the parable of the talents, you know? Like, what are you going to do with with the talent that God gave you? Are you going to bury it? Or are you going to increase it for him, for his kingdom? 
Yeah, what's, that's really good. What's, what is, so let's talk practical because these are kind of more uh, just about heart position and responding to God. But doing something with what God's put in your heart is there's a practical side, which is time, energy, money, I mean, all those things. So you coach a couple basketball teams. You have multiple kids. You got lots going on, work and all that stuff. Um, Madison, single mom, you just uh, signed up and are going back to college, right? Plus you work a job. Um, all these things. What have you found? Like, I don't have time to, to serve anyone. I don't have time to use my gift or to develop the, the dream or the vision or the, the calling that I feel like God's put in my heart. I don't have time for that. Or I don't have the money for it. Have you found uh, that to be true, like, as you start to put time in? How do you see God working in that practicals of time, money, and all that stuff? Does he show up there? What's that look like? How are you able to do all that? Um, yeah, he 100% shows up. I don't know how I do all the things that I do. Like, it doesn't make sense. It truly doesn't. Um, and so all I can say is, is God somehow working it out for me? I, I really don't know. I mean, the fact that I am a single mom, I work really far. Um, I host community group. I'm mom worship. I did just add college <laughs> to the mix, which is a Saturday class. It's all day Saturday. So, um, yeah, and that requires me, you know, making sure that my kids are somewhere and picking them up and also study time. And so when God said, go back to college, I was just like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but because I've seen him just, like, get, somehow make it work and give me the time and the energy, um, I can trust him with one more thing. I really can. And it's, and it's super hard. It's not an easy thing to say, God, okay, I'm going to trust you with this. It is scary. Mm -hmm. um, you, like I said, God tells you to do things a lot of times you don't want to do. Like, I don't necessarily want to study, you know, anatomy and physiology right now. But, you know, God's calling me to do that. And so I'm just yeah. trusting that I'm not going to fail. <laughs> and, <laughs> and somehow he moves and he gives you the opportunities. I know there was job changes. There was different things where God kind of helped yeah. position things and move things around. Absolutely. So we know when we do it, when God calls us to do things, a lot of times it's hard to see how it will work. Okay, that's faith, right? The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. God likes to ask us to do things where we don't know how it's going to work. Because yeah. that allows us to, to have faith. It allows us to trust him. It allows us to look at him and go, how are you going to do this? And the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding. Right? And all of our ways acknowledge him and he'll direct our paths. Well, how does that work except for trust? We can, we can believe and have faith in a moment, but trust is built. It's a relational thing, okay? Faith is a, it's a heart thing and a belief thing. I have faith, I believe. Trust, think about who you trust. Why do you trust them? Okay, you trust them because you've been through things with them, right? And you've seen them come through. You've seen them have good character. You've seen them, uh, you know, follow through and continue to be there for you and to show up and to do the things that they say they're going to do. That's how trust is built. Okay, so if you want to actually trust the Lord with all your heart, you, you don't start out by trusting him with all your heart. You start out by trusting him with just a part of it. Lord, I'll do this. And I'm not saying, oh, you're supposed to give your whole heart to Jesus. Yes, faith. But trust is built because God asked me to do this, and I did it, and I saw him come through. God asked me to change my, my living situation or change my job situation or do this with my kids or forgive this person and he would be with me to do the different things. And as we do it, we see that God puts back in our life and fills us back up. And then our trust grows for the next thing that God asks us to do. And so you have to just begin where you are in building that relationship with God of being able to trust him for bigger things in your life and to use you in different ways and, and to make things happen. 
Uh, what have you seen in that practical side? As you're moving forward and doing things, how do you see God's provision working out and coming alongside you? Honestly, it's almost in everything. When I, I started a ministry, it's called Story Ministry, and it's to really help people find their purpose or uh, find their purpose in their story. And um, I was like, all right, God. First, I was like, I'm never going to start a ministry or anything like that. And then he's putting on my heart. I'm like, all right, God, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to trust you. And then it's like, I started researching, and there's a 501C and a 508, and there's different advantages and different, you know, pros and cons about it. And I'm thinking, all right, God, well, what do you want me to do? Uh, 508s, state level, and a little bit more expensive. 503s, federal level, and a little bit cheaper. Most uh, ministries are 501. Um, I felt like God was telling me to go like 508 for some reason. I don't even know what this stuff is. And looked at this one thing. There's this one... Um, place that you could do like a consultation for like three four hundred bucks and then I kept looking and I found this one place and I had the guy's number I called him and he talked to me for like two hours just telling me like what's the difference the pros and cons he said that he has both the 501c and a 508 and the crazy thing was like I didn't know how I was going to do it like uh, 508 was a lot more expensive like twice as much if not more and I was just praying and then all of a sudden like it's just from Wells Fargo's it was from a Wells Fargo check from Wells Fargo. It didn't say, like, what it was from. It was just a check came in the mail. I was like, all right, guy, I guess I'm doing this. I didn't even check. I was like, all right, just went and cashed in. Like, this thing cashes, we're did good. Did it have your name on it? It had my name. Okay. I so we cashed. I actually got it out of the neighbors. No. Praise God. I had my name on it. It cashed. I was like, all right, God, I guess this is working. Like, I was, am I going to get arrested for cashing this or what's going on? I cashed it. It worked. I was like, all right. So if you find a random check somewhere that you have no idea what it's from, yeah. and you try to cash and it works, that's God's just said, do it. Yeah. Every time. Blessing just on follow it. the money. Uh, sometimes God provides a couch when you're like, okay, Lord, I need a couch if I'm going to do this. Sometimes he provides a check. And you're like, Lord, I need to move forward. I need the finances to do this. Sometimes when we say, Lord, I want to do this, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to step out. Everything goes wrong. That also happens. Okay. The experience that happens once you say yes to God is not always the same. Why? Because God loves some people more than others. Let's bow our heads and pray. No, the reason that that is, is because while God wants to work through you, he also wants to work in you. And he knows what you need. You might be a Madison, single mom, going through a lot of stuff. and like, God, I'll do this, but I don't want to do it alone. I need help, and God says, I'm with you, I'll show you, I'm giving you a couch, right? You might be somebody else, and you're like, got it all together and super confident, like myself when we moved here. My God, I got a furniture store, a business, we're going to make a bunch of money, we're going to fund the church, it's all, psh, everything's amazing, it's going to be wonderful, and then six months later, the store goes out of business, and I lose all my money. I'm like, God, this dude's getting checks, I'm writing checks, what's happening? And he's like, well, you need to learn to come to me. Instead of trying to be the one running everything. You need to learn this. You need to learn to come to the rock and get the water instead of trying to make it yourself. Because why? Because that's what I want to work in you so that you can share that with someone else. He wants to work in Madison, trust, so that she can work that in somebody else. She wants to work in, in Jacob, this faith that God provides. He's with me. The doors are open. So when he talks to people, he can tell them the doors are open. God's with you. But he first wants to work in us before he wants to work through us. Okay, but he wants to do both and often simultaneously. Okay, he wants to change your life, and he wants to change lives through you. 
that every person in here, regardless if you've been through divorce, regardless of whether or not you're coming off of addiction or you're still in addiction coming out, whether you just got out of jail, whether you think you're headed for divorce right now, whether you're the perfect parent or the worst parent, the best kid or the worst kid, God has a desire to work in and through your life. Yes, he wants to mature you. Yes, he wants to grow you. Yes, he wants to change some things in your life and make you more like Christ. Okay, but he wants to begin today with wherever you're at. And he wants to start doing that. And all it takes is obedience. It takes a willingness to just say yes. That's what Madison shared. That's what Jacob said. Uh, if we can bow our heads, we're just going to pray and close up. But I want you to think about that thing that God's called you to, that thing in your heart, and just say, Lord, yes. You don't need to know how. You don't need to know all the ins and outs. God just wants a yes. And for some of you, that'll be serving here at the church, but this is not a beat church serving recruitment message. You know, Jacob started his ministry. It's not a beat church ministry. It's his own ministry. He started. We don't care where you minister. All we care is that you are out loving people and pointing people to Jesus. That's the only thing that matters. It can be here. It can be somewhere else. But God wants to use you. Maybe it's at work. He wants you to start a Bible study. Maybe it's at your apartment. He wants you to start a small group. Maybe he wants you to start a 513. Maybe he wants you just to plug in with the kids over here or swap out radiators like Stosh in the back and volunteer your time and, and touch lives. Maybe he wants you to write uh, and post on, on social media um, like Jen Hoffman right here that posts every day an inspiration for people. Whatever he's called you to do is unique because God is so creative, but he wants to work through your life. He wants to touch people through your life. So let's bow our heads. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, this verse in 1 Timothy 4, Lord, that challenges, Lord, us to not neglect the gift that was given to us, but, Father, to be diligent, and to give ourselves wholly to them so that everyone can see our progress. God, I pray that every person in this room, Lord, would be uh, called and understand their calling from you, Lord, to step forward and to add their value, Lord, to the body, or to add their value to the church, to add their value to their communities. God, to actually step into the role that you have for them and minister in the unique way that you've called them to. Lord, I pray that you give them confidence in that, boldness in that, Lord, that you draw them out of their comfort zone, Lord, and into the God zone. Lord, to be able to receive from you, Lord, and to be able to uh, work on your behalf. Lord, there's a lot of people out there that need you. There's a lot of people out there that need someone in their life to represent Jesus. And so, Lord, we just say, Lord, here we are. Send us. Lord, here we are. Use us, God. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.